Falcor likes children. Oh. <laughs> Wink. This is Well, uh, apparently that was a, a little too risque for 2020, apparently. <laughs> this is a family podcast, Brett. No, it's not. not. a family movie. Do you want to talk about what I was, what I came, oh, never mind, you guys were talking about something Jeepers Creepers, something really nasty. So, uh, well, uh, this is, man, you guys threw me off so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, we are going to go around the table and see, we have a... Smaller house tonight, but uh, you know, pretty pretty good one. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go east to west since everyone always goes west to east. Go ahead and tell us where you're recording out of, and I don't know, maybe your favorite fantasy film or a fantasy film that you like a lot and you think people should watch. Stevie, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart. Uh, favorite fantasy film or one I like a lot. Um, it's one we've actually spoiled. It's called Legend with Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> that movie is incredible. If you've already seen it, please go listen to the podcast I hosted on it. That movie is awesome. Stevie, isn't that adios, muchachos? Yes. Adios, amigos. That movie, I mean, there's so many things that don't work in that movie that make it great. And plus, Tim Curry plays the best uh, version of the devil in cinematic history, so... Yeah, that movie, that movie rocks. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I've never seen it, but I remember you said it was the best Ridley Scott movie, and I thought I could never talk to you again. No, no. (laughs) By far. Alien Gladiator, but okay. Um, So we are going to Mikey next. Yeah, Mikey recording from Goshen, Indiana. Uh, Well, we've done one Lord of the Rings movie, but my favorite is Two Towers. And I would love to do that podcast, but Josh says we're never going to do it. So sorry, fans. Josh <laughs> needs timestamps. Timestamps so didn't do it. Sorry. <laughs> we're supposed uh, to do it next he, month. He canceled it. We talk about timestamps so much, and it was like actually not even that big of a deal, but it's still really <laughs> funny to talk about. So uh, I guess that would be Pappy next. All right. This is Pappy recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, I just finished rewatching all of the Harry Potter movies on HBO Max, and I guess my take would be I don't think any of the movies are all that good. Uh, they're definitely not my favorite fantasy movies. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I agree. People like to pretend like three is like so much better than the rest of the movies, but I think that's just because people like the director a lot, Alfonso Cuarón. Um, I, I think they're all about in the same ballpark of okayness. I can't remember any of them. Especially in comparison to the, like the book. I mean, standalone, they're probably better, but like the books are just so much better to me. So I have a hard time separating the two. Well, I was hoping that like since they were on HBO, there might be like an opportunity to have like an HBO Max series, like redoing of the books. It's been like 20 years, so it's about the right time. But I feel like given J.K. Rowling's <laughs> recent Twitter rants, that's probably not likely at this point, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Well, we still have Fantastic Beasts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the least problematic her, movie franchise. If they let her write it. Uh, all right. So didn't really get a one that Pappy liked, but one that he wanted to trash. So 
let we'll go to uh, Corey now, who I believe is somewhere out in California. That is the correct. Wild West. Uh, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I'm not going to speak to movies. I want to speak to books because there is a book series that I'm a big fan of. It's called Dragonlance, and it's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Uh, you can start with the Dragonlance Chronicles if you're interested in reading it. It's really awesome. It's like a fast-paced D&D-style adventure. It's, it's a lot of fun. started in the 80s, and they've been writing them to this day. So those books are awesome. As soon as you said books, most of the hosts just went the Black Panther. We don't do that here. (laughs) Meme. (laughs) We don't talk about books. Read the room, Corey. Jeez. Bring literature up in this house. This ain't a book learning club. Look, I'm sorry. I'm a a learned man, okay? I read a lot of fantasy books. There better be pictures in that book. That's all I'm saying. You get some good maps. Vivid illustrations. Oh, maps. That's pretty Have you read the NeverEnding Story book? I had no idea it was actually a book. I have not. I haven't read it. I did some research about the book, though, and evidently it's, Same. it's it's different in that the movie is the first half of the book. Yeah, the second half gets real dark. Yeah, which seemed really interesting, actually, when I heard about it. Yeah, for sure. And the author, like, disowned the movie. Good for him. Um, he, actually, <laughs> he actually sued, and he lost. Because um, he wanted them to, like, change his the name of the movie because it was so not what he wanted and they're like not gonna do that so he took uh, one look at falcor and he's like no no falcor <laughs> falcor stands up still um <laughs> i, I could have cheated like Corey and gone with harry potter but uh i was actually trying to think outside of the box but mikey just said it uh i'm a big lord of the rings fan uh so fellowship the ring is my favorite fantasy it's got to be so uh that's where i'm at with that so Brett, would, right. you recommend the, the uh, would you recommend the audible versions of the books? I was thinking about trying to do it before Two Towers, but I didn't know if they were good or if you, if you uh, listened my, to them. My it. dad's listened to them like over 20 times, so I'm guessing he would say yes. I've listened to like one and a half of them. It's pretty good. I mean... I've listened to them hard yes. Hard yes? I, okay. I would recommend it. A lot of names. A lot of names. <laughs> Brett's dad doesn't like the audible version. He just puts up with it because he loves Lord <laughs> of the Rings so much. No, he likes... I mean, again, he's listened to it so many times. I mean, so, yeah, he likes it. I'm sure he does, so... All right, well, I want to get... I want to be economical and get in and out. So, I guess we'll start with our one... Our main protagonist, maybe, who's got a incredible name. Uh, his name is Bastian Balthazar Bucks. Bernard. And, uh, the Triple B. Is he a demon? I guess. Uh, well, actually, and there's a, yeah, the, uh, the librarian uh, has got a cool name like that, too. So, uh, Stevie, since you had an opinion about it yesterday, why don't you describe him a little bit and then tell us a little bit about his dad? <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say this. This father has never talked to his son before. Prior to his mother's death. (laughs) Like, it is the most insane thing to me in the world. So, like, Bastion, he's really reeling from his mom's death. And his dad is making the most horrific uh, breakfast shake I've ever seen in my life. He's mixing orange juice and eggs in the same drink. It's horrifying. But dad is uh, wearing a suit. And he's like, you know what, son? 
Get over your mom's death, you little bitch. Time for you to go work in the steel mills. Earn a buck or two for this house. And he like pats him on the back and he's like, Good day, good talk. Straight then he to the doesn't coal even mine. like he doesn't even drive his son to school. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he like has to clock and he's wearing a suit. I imagine he has a salary job. He's like, you know what, kid? You go walk, and you're going to get thrown in the dumpster today, because that's what Don't I think of you. Don't be late again. Don't be late again, but you're going to walk. Like, I don't know. Did he walk from the suburbs to the city? Because they were not in the same location <laughs> No, in, in my personal opinion, cinematic parents of the 80s were really just the worst. Like, they, uh, were, they, were, more, they were a terrifying pr- uh, presence in cinema. Okay, Poltergeist parents are cool. the bodies! Son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! Stevie leaned really heavily on the dad part. Uh, Mikey, do you want to, like, describe the kid a little bit? I mean, he, you're right, and I was, I kind of felt bad watching it last night. Like, the kid's obviously very sad about his mom dying, and usually at that age... Other parents should probably give their kid a little uh, a break, cut them a little slack. And again, we don't know how long it's been. Or just be a parent. <laughs> the kid's pretty small and young, so I think he could, you know, get a little time. But uh, uh, yeah, so Mikey, why don't you describe Bastian a little bit? Uh, maybe talk about his trip to school. Uh, Bastian is just a quiet kid and... On this walk to school, like Stevie said, his dad didn't drive him there, so he's walking. <laughs> and he comes across, like, his bullies, a gang of bullies that uh, ask him to get hand over his money, and he doesn't have any money because he's just a little kid. <laughs> and I guess his dad didn't give him any money for lunch either. Uh, so they chase <laughs> after him and then chuck him in a garbage dumpster, which is really mean. Uh, I don't know if they know that this kid's mom died. But they're just being real dicks to this kid. And then he gets out of the dumpster and uh, ends up walking right into the bullies again. And then they chase him again. <laughs> that is and the he... best. Like, how is often... How, uh... No, I'm saying how often... I'm saying how often is after the bullies throw you in the dumpster, does the scene continue? It's usually like, oh, well, he goes... To, but he just walks out... Right into the bullies again. I, I mean, it's terrible, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> it makes me giggle. Like, who said you could get out of the trash? Hey, man, get back in that trash. <laughs> Let's throw him in the fucking dumpster again. <laughs> All right, so go ahead, Mikey. Sorry, I just, it was so ridiculous. I had to uh, cut in a little bit. Yeah, and then he uh, runs into a bookstore. Uh, and it's just a creepy old bookstore, and there's an old man in there who's kind of egging him on uh trying to see if he's worthy of reading this book that he's obviously trying to loan out to this kid (laughs) i want to say one thing about this guy so the guy is like kind of testing bastion in a way he's like ah you kids you just want to go play arcade games get the fuck out of here and he's like fuck that i like to read books and he starts like naming them off and when he says he read lord of the rings the guy like looks up like he perks up it's pretty funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) Are you still here? Did you hear what I said, boy? Um, I was... You're hiding, aren't you? No, I was just... The video arcade is down the street. Here we just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. They require a little effort on your part and make no beep, 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 beeps. On your way, please. I know books. 
I have 186 of them at home. Ah, comic books. No, I've read Treasure Island, The Last of the Mohicans, Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, 20,000 Leagues on the Sea, Tarzan. Whoa, 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 whoa. His name is uh, Carl Conrad Coriander, so we got a little bit of uh, alliteration. The I don't know why the author liked that, but... Uh, okay, yeah, so he goes in there, and like, as Mikey said, he's kind of like, as Mikey and Corey kind of double-teamed, uh, he's kind of trying to get Bastion to take this book, uh, in a kind of a back roundabout way, and like yeah, Corey said, he's kind of testing him. <laughs> he's, doing the, he's doing the USS uh, Indianapolis speech to him about literature, it's pretty awesome. But he is not Robert Shaw, unfortunately. Uh, Robert Shaw is probably dead by this time. Let's see. So, yeah, the what's the Pappy? What's this book called? I mean, that's just uh, it's pretty. I don't even. It, I don't, it, what is the book called? I have no idea. It's got snakes on the cover. I remember it's that. Called it's, the called the ne- it's called the Never Ending Story. It's oh, called the oh. Two Snakes. The Two Snakes. Uh, <laughs> parcel time. Well, it's you, also the name of the des- movie. Why don't you describe uh, real quick? Uh, again, we'll we'll spend a little time here, but why don't you kind of describe? what the book is, what the the bookkeeper says about the book. Okay. So first of all, I want to go back to to Bastion a little bit. I, I know Stevie, Mikey, and I had a kid like this in our grade, but Brett and Corey, did you guys have a kid who is just like this guy who would like basically read <laughs> fantasy to the point to like the detriment of school? Like he'd be like, yeah, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like me as a teenager. I used to work with a Marine and he's like a kind of tough guy. And he said when he was in high school, he used to walk down the hallway to class and he would just read Twilight. So <laughs> good for him. Um, and don't get me wrong. I've read Twilight multiple times. I did, but like multiple? I definitely didn't read it in high school. Let's just go ahead and stop at multiple. Um, <laughs> I went through, a, I went through a phase, Stevie. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Goff, Brett. Brett, we I'm can't team- let this pass. I am team Edward. I love Edward Cullen, so like the books aren't that great, but I think he's a awesomely written character. But uh, that's one of the reasons I love my boy Arpat so much. So <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> edit point. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's wild. But yeah, we, there was a whole like group of kids that read fantasy books and they called each other name uh, like anime names and stuff like that. I'm sure Corey. Knows a little bit Look, about bro, that. Don't so. group me in with these fucking weirdos. I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't no, I'm not like a weeb or anything. You like tentacle porn, so I just listened to that. Hey, that was a today, joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, who doesn't you know love that? But anyway, well, yeah, it's like eight penis. Um, so I, uh, I mean, I don't know. Peppy, I just, did you? I went to school like I, a kid named Michael Dick. We'll edit out part of his oh, name. Oh no! Like, but he, I remember he, that. He used to like get in trouble for reading books at school because he would read. Teachers so many used fantasy to yell books. at him. Yeah, it, and it, take it, his books away from him. But clearly, the bookkeeper respects that in our young protagonist. Like, he, like Corey said, he's got the street cred, and he says something. I forget exactly how he puts it. It's something along the lines of like, you know, this book is too scary. Like, this book is like actual real life. Like. Have you ever actually been in 20,000 leagues under the sea or something like that? He's like, but this book will actually take you there. And then this little shit of a kid steals the book. Now, granted, obviously, that's what the bookkeeper was going for. But still, it's like a pretty shitty lesson. You know what I mean? That he's yeah. just shoplifts as a kid. Well, yeah. So, yeah, you, you kind of he kind of teases that it's more than just a book. I mean, he, he flat says that. So, all right. So, we get to school and... 
Apparently, Bastion didn't listen to his dad because he kind of promised his dad he'd try harder in school, and he literally went to zero classes that day. <laughs> uh, and then he goes into uh, the. Uh, have you guys ever been to a school that had like an attic like that in it? I think it was the janitor's closet, and it was horrifying. I can't. I tell him, Brady, I can't remember if I was a kid if I thought it was super cool or super scary or probably both. Probably, it's pretty creepy. Why is there a mattress in the janitor's closet? That's where Oof. kids go to hook up. That's for Falcor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so he he's just so pumped about this book. He goes in there, he locks himself in, and then he just starts reading. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Uh, okay, so the book is about a fantasy world called Fantasia. Um, I think it in the book it was actually called Fantastica. But yeah. like the German, the German word they used actually translates better to Fantasia or something like that in English or something. I don't know. This is all German. Like it's a German book. Uh, it's a German director. It was made in Germany. It had a German title. So uh, you guys, I mean, what's his name? Wolfgang Peterson. He's pretty famous, right? Yeah, he directed Enemy Mine, and I think Air Force One. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, did he direct Air Force Troy? One? That's a classic. Yes, he did Troy as well. I saw oh, that. I as hate well. that movie. Das Boot. <laughs> das Boot. Yeah, that, Das Boots. It was actually on my spoilers list, but it's like three hours long and it's in German, so mm. uh, it's apparently like unbelievable, but it's like really long, and uh, I can't imagine Mikey would like that or my wife to be. Uh, I like Air Force One. Air Force One is aces. So was this movie shot in English? I think so. I, I mean, the actors are English, but yeah. I know that it okay. was really it like it did like unbelievably well in Germany, which is like really rare. So um, I think like five million people saw it or something like that. And you know, Germans, as South Park said, they have the worst sense of humor. <laughs> so in Fantasia, okay, let's see. How does it start out? It's got Everyone's kind of chilling. The three side characters, right? You got, uh, which is really weird too, because like, as the movie goes, like I expected that they'd go into the palace, we'd meet that like hero kid, uh, and then he'd come back and rejoin these three. These three never like really come back into the story at all. It's like a total just they die almost immediately. Yeah, it's just like a bridge to get <laughs> to the palace. Now, granted, I think this is like some of the best production design slash like costuming of the whole movie. Like you got the rock dude who looks amazing, rock, rock biter. Who else there is? Yeah, um, teeny weeny. Th- I think I think the thing about uh, yeah, teeny weeny. What's night hub? I think the thing about that is they're getting three people from three different area ish type things, and they're talking about how their world is. I think it's just to show the direness of the situation, uh, and that they all decide, hey, we're gonna go to the emperor. So I think that's the only reason it's there, and it's some really bad dubbing. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, the Oompa yes. Loompa guy. He's the Oompa Loompa. And I knew Char- I knew that dude. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. He's dubbed for sure. He's one yeah. of the kings of spoilers, I think. Like he's like way up there for oh, us. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I think he's like five, six movie club. Like he's in the top fifteen of any actor or actress. It's really happy, crazy. You'll be happy to know that Anthony Daniels is in this movie. No way, is no he really? way. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> you say no. a bitch, Kylo. <laughs> Um, what's kind of crazy is the guy who plays the night hob, he's the creepy guy with the bat. He literally died 14 days ago. So, uh, 
perfect timing for him. This is for you, Nighthab. Was this like the main thing when people were like remembering the guy Nighthab from like is he known from anything else? Well, I mean, he was in over a hundred movies. Um, I don't know. I don't really know Iron Sky. I don't really know. He's a German guy. He was born in like Nazi Germany, so um, he did a bunch of stuff. I, I wouldn't say probably anything we know. A lot of German stuff, it looks like. So, I mean, unless you've seen Schnitzel XXL. Oh yeah, who hasn't? You haven't seen no. Schnitzel XXL? No, <laughs> just Schnitzel. It's been on my list. It's been on my list. <laughs> Oh, he's also in Schnitzel Deluxe. That must be like a character. A it big German like a character. Or a, or a what porno. The fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> it could be a porno, I guess. <laughs> All right, sorry, we got stuck with the schnitzels. Yeah, so you like the like I thought the rock biter, you said you like those the sets and uh you thought he looked really cool, is that what you're saying? Yeah, when you get to the palace too, I'll hand it off to someone else for that, but like that's like peak the never ending story to me. Like all these different like species of things coming together that's what this movie does best yeah so i'll uh, i'll do a little thing and then i'll kick it to uh, Corey, i guess um so yeah they decide the uh, rock Biter talks about the nothing which um while it looks like the nothing throughout the story is the storm it's actually not the storm it's just supposed to show that the nothing is coming the nothing actually literally is nothing so it's like invisible um so there's nothing to be afraid of well, it looks like they all get sucked up into space, so I guess... That's how you save on CGI. <laughs> Make an indescribable force of destruction Definitely. that has no shape or form. Absolutely. So they decide, hey, what are we waiting for? Let's go to the the Emperor. She could save us. So, Corey, why don't you go ahead and uh, lead us into that? Yeah, so these uh, these people, they, they get together, they go to the palace or the tower where the childlike empress resides or whatever but like her spokesperson i guess comes out and says look she's been sick and uh basically we're all fucking doomed but there is one hope there's a warrior in the uh the buffalo hunting plains people or whatever that can go on a quest to possibly find a cure for the empress and save us all from this impending doom and he's a he's a native fantasian named atreyu (laughs) They're native Fantasians. There's a line that really bothers me when the assistant guy goes, there's just two rules. I forget what the first one is, but the second one is, and you can bring no weapons. It's just like, wait, why? You can receive no advice from anyone. (laughs) Yeah, what? Why? Except for a big turtle. To find a cure for the Empress. And to save our world. No one can give you any advice except this. You must go alone. You must leave all your weapons behind. It will be very dangerous. Is there any chance of success? I do not know. But if you fail, the Empress will surely die. And our whole world will be utterly destroyed. I feel like Englewalk, or whatever that dude's name was, gave him a ton of advice. Which guy? Yeah. Oh, the old guy? Yeah, he gave him nothing but advice. All of his missions are just going to different deities or beings for advice. From a turtle to a statue with bags. It, it's That's all he's doing. Huge <laughs> bags. Advice. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, so go ahead and continue, Corey. So uh, that's our, our hero of the story. And, you know, Bastion's there reading this and he, like, identifies with him because you expect it to be some kind of big warrior, some huge guy, but it's just a kid. Yeah, but he is, like, the greatest warrior in his village. And he's the one that's going to just set out on a quest to, I guess, find a cure. And it kind of starts off aimlessly. Like, he doesn't really know where to go, so he just kind of starts traveling. That's what I'm saying. This movie has, like, no... It's too it's, it's too loose with its rules. It, he has no... He's just going to look for a cure. Like, he's just riding off in the distance, which I read... Or I think I heard on a podcast or something. Like I did some research. In the book, he... In Fantasia, or whatever Brett said it was called, the actual world, like, if you, like, think about a direction... And you just write out, eventually you'll get there. But that's like totally lost in, in this. Like it's just, he's just yeah. supposed to go look for an indiscriminate amount of time for something. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, I didn't do a ton of research, but there's a lot of stuff that's lost in the movie just because of how short it is. Like the whole thing with the childlike emperor, empress, her life cycles are done by names she's given by people like Bastion. So whenever that name wears out, she starts to get sick and she needs someone like Bastion to give her a new name. But like you never in a million years would have guessed that. I mean, they talk about it. Her need to get a new name. What do you mean name, name wear out? Uh, it's, oh, I don't remember what it said. Her li- like, she's like really, really old. She just looks like a child, but. Uh, Hollywood has had enough of her. <laughs> They're canceling her. <laughs> The childlike empress and Fantasia are based on, like, the imagination of, like, humans of the human world. So, like, giving her a name, like, is, I guess, a way of having her exist in memory for a finite amount of time until she's forgotten and then remembered by someone else who gives her a new name, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, and it looks like when her name starts to wear out, then that's when the nothing starts to appear. So, uh, whether... The other people live that long. They didn't seem to know what the nothing, like, they didn't seem to remember the nothing, but I don't know. But that, it just says whenever her name begins to fade away, that's when she needs, like Corey said, the imagination of a human child. So that just kind of feeds into the whole, the humans reading about this world and it's influenced by his world and kind of a cycle. So, but again, like, it's not something you'd pick up on. And I get it with what Pappy's talking about. There's a lot, there's actually probably a lot of rich rules and history and stuff in the books, in the book that just don't come across in the movie. Um, it's a kid's movie. It's made for kids it, it and is, people like Mikey. But it, the problem is, is like when it does stuff that begs the question, right? Like I'm not saying that it needs to answer everything. And like, usually on this podcast, I'm like, don't over explain. But when you say something like, you can't get advice and you can't use your weapons of a guy who like hunts Buffalo. I'm sure like he's awesome with a bow and arrow. Like you need to have something right. Like a little bit of, you can't just like yeah. throw that out there and it's an instant cinema so, thing. Like it's annoying. Totally. And I will jump ahead a little bit like to the end real quick, but like it, when he's like, I failed, I actually said to Brittany and go, but he like, has there ever been a more vague quest? Like, he was set up to fail. It was like no chance he was going to succeed. He didn't know what he was looking for. How long was his journey? Was it 36 hours? Was it seven months? Was it two I think weeks? It's pre- I think it's pretty short, but well, I guess. It was one acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, 
I think these like arbitrary rules are a staple of these kinds of 80s movies. Like I'm like thinking lab- of labyrinths. Like labyrinth. mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, sure. you have 13 hours mm-hmm. to solve the labyrinth. Just out of nowhere. That's just how much time you have. That's what it is. Yeah. Like how did he get the baby? How was he? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, Pappy, you've actually, I've never seen it, but like is dark crystal, like crazy like that, like all over the place. Uh, or Yeah. It's, it's definitely like that. It's just, there's a immediate quest set up and like these species have to be contacted or something. I haven't seen it in a while, but it, it's it, like to Corey's point, there's a lot of labyrinth in this movie. I, I don't know if we're talking the, depre- the depression turtle yet, but it felt like, like in labyrinth, I think I talked about it on that podcast, like where there's a lot of half-assed like allegories and lessons for kids. And I, I got, well, I don't want to skip over the dying horse, I guess that's probably a pretty important part. Uh, you will say his name Artax or you will not speak about Artax. <laughs> Artax. Um, Why do people get attached to Artax? We see him for four minutes. I know. Actually, <laughs> yeah. we were both really surprised. We, we did not remember him dying that. It's not really attached. It's just sad, man. That's like his only friend. It, like you said, you didn't get that to take any weapons. That horse could have been an asshole. We knew, we knew Artax for four no. minutes. No, Artax was the well, best. It's nice, to know, <laughs> it's nice to know that that horse had one final PTSD episode <laughs> right before it was <laughs> taken out on this movie set. Because it looks like it's freaking out by the way this mud is well, going up rumor, to his neck. Yeah, the rumor was there was always a really long old rumor that the horse actually died there, but oh. it's not true. <laughs> Oh my god. So they, gave, Robinson. they apparently gave the horse as a gift to uh the Treyu Atreyu, but uh with like costs nice. with like the cost of flying and everything else, they just left him in Germany. <laughs> so you know, sorry, Artex. But Stevie, you watch your mouth. Alright. That's very sad. <laughs> we Tell knew that, that horse for four minutes. I had no emotional weight on that whatsoever. Josh isn't uh-huh. on the podcast. Corey, I think that leaves you as the lone uh, person with, with younglings at home. W- did they Have they seen this? And would you let them, or would that be an emotional moment for them? Would that be too much, I guess? It would probably be emotional for my kid, although my kid specifically ha- has not seen this that I'm aware of anyway. Uh, There's no I mean, need to. It moved me <laughs> as a kid. It moves me less so now, but I, I still, I mean, it's an animal. You got to like feel bad for the animal, right? No one wants the animal to die in a movie. What about Jaws, Corey? Okay, that huh? animal can die <laughs> multiple times. What about Jaws 3? <laughs> Rooting for the shark. Active. That movie can yeah. die. Archers, you're sinking. Come on, turn around. You have to now. All right, so um, after the uh, the terrible horse that Stevie hates dies um, in the pits of sadness or whatever, swamp of sadness, um, let's see, I think we skipped over something a little bit uh, before we get to the horse. The nothing actually uh, summons who uh, Gamork, who I saw this as a kid. I thought he was absolutely terrifying. Um, do you remember him being scary as a kid, Corey or Stevie or anything like that? I remember him being a lot scarier than... Well, yeah, we're talking about as a kid. <laughs> he looks kind of funny now, but <laughs> for sure, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a wolf, and that's pretty scary. 
Yeah, I saw somebody actually on a different thing called him a, a vampire wolf, which it's kind of makes sense because he has the big teeth over his other big canines. So oh, okay, yeah, that's like a D and D thing. But so yeah, that's uh, Gamork's coming after Treyu, but he doesn't really seem to know what a Treyu looks like. Uh, you get that that later. But he uh, goes to the swamps of sadness. He loses Artax, and then we get to um, what's his name? Morla, Moana. Moana. Morla. So, uh, Mikey, you want to talk a little bit about Morla? There's not much here to other than, like, I guess a MacGuffin, I guess you could say, the the Southern Oracle. But if you want to talk about that real quick, uh, Morla, the Ancient One. Yeah, Treyu climbs to, like, the top of this uh, mound or something in this swamp. And it turns out that it's, like, the shell of this tortoise named Morla. And he gets tossed off the top of that shell. and I guess it's just Morla has been alone for so long that she's now or he or she is like describing themselves in the third person. And so they're talking to themselves. Um, and they just kind of explain about the Southern Oracle again. I, is there any description of what any of this stuff does? Why does he have to go there? Do it, does he, she say? Yeah. So Morla basically says, you have to go to another place, the Southern Oracle, who will tell you what you need to do to figure out how to help the childlike empress. But it's 10,000 miles away, so good fucking luck. And then she sneezes on Atreyu multiple times. A bunch of times. <laughs> it, yeah, he, she doesn't really care if Atreyu goes or not, because like he hasn't talked to anyone in like 10,000 years, so he doesn't really give a crap if he dies or not. He's like... it. I've been doing nothing for so long. He said, I think he said dying will at least be something. Morla's a, so, a dude? I have no idea. Uh, let's just say she, I, I guess. She. Definitely thought Morla was a chick. But like, yeah, Grandma all, Willow. That's what I was talking about with Labyrinth. Like, there, it feels like there's some kind of like deeper allegory for, ch- for children. Something along the lines of, you know, don't be depressed. You can get into this like muck where it's tough to get out and you don't want to do anything with your life and you, and you don't even care if you live or die but it feels this one might be the best executed i guess but it still feels kind of half-assed right or maybe a little bit obvious yeah when it's always this vague and it's everything is vague in this movie it just feels like is there supposed to be a lesson here am i supposed to take something away from this i guess but it just never seems to pay off if your horse gets too sad, it'll just kill itself in the mud. <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. just stop trying. Yeah. Never love anything because you'll lose it in the pit of sadness or the swamps <laughs> of sadness. All right, so uh, so Atreyu is all sad because he's like, I can't go 10,000 miles. And then he kind of just passes out in the swamp and out of nowhere, Falcor comes and saves him. There's actually a deleted scene that's from the book where I think Atreyu actually saves Falcor from like a bunch of wasps that turn into a spider. <laughs> so I'm kind of gl- I'm kind of right. glad that didn't like. Uh. But anyway, in this movie, Falcor uh, comes and saves uh, Atreyu right before Gamork gets him, and uh, Atreyu is all passed out. So when he wakes up, he's just chilling next to a luck dragon. Um, Stevie, why don't you go ahead and. Tell us a little bit about Falcor, uh, and then the, also the two old 
wenches. Falcor looks like a Maltese with wings and a tail and scales. And scales. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't understand what is going on in this movie half the time. So you just kind of have to accept it. It is a kid's <laughs> movie, but it makes zero sense. Like, why is there a dragon uh, dog coming to save Atreyu? Why does he know who Atreyu is? It really, we answer nothing. But here we are. Um, Atreyu's been passed out for a week, and Falcor has just been snuggling with him, just waiting, <laughs> just watching, just chilling. Listening to his dreams. Listening to, <laughs> listening to his quest, because um, Atreyu apparently talks in his sleep. And uh, I've been watching uh, yeah. you betray you. Yeah, yeah. And Falcor does the whole thing where it's like, hey, you lazy bastard. I just flew you 9,000 some odd miles. Uh, and here we are. I don't understand. It just seems like Falcor's reason to get from one place to another. But uh, he gets them close to the Sphinxes. And that's when we meet the two old, uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Eaglewook or Englewook? Uh, ng whoop, my gobbledygook. Ng ng working. My closed captions weren't working on my HBO Max, so I was like totally blind. I could barely understand a lot of what they were saying. A lot of time bandits flashbacks there, but yeah. And um, <laughs> ng Wook is like the. <sighs> this was kind of an annoying comedic bit, but um, it's pretty much saying he. Uh, what was he saying? Pretty much, he was the, the lead authority. scholar on the Southern Oracle. Knew everything about it. Given Atreyu nothing but advice. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. You got to do this. And the best part of the whole movie, the single best part of the whole movie, is when uh, they're watching that night right in between the two sphinxes. Yeah. <laughs> single best part of the, <laughs> the whole movie. kid. <laughs> like, for a kid's movie, it's hysterical to say, if you're not sure of yourself, you're going to die. That's literally the message this movie is putting out. So you have like this massive night. He's, I mean, he is writing nothing but cocksure confident in between the two sphinxes and he still gets blown up. And another great aspect of this is me and my wife are laughing hysterically is you don't have to be sure of yourself. You just have to run. Like, yeah, you just got to be scared. <laughs> you just have to be scared and run. Like no one in the history of this has ever thought about like, you know what? I'm not that sure of myself. I'm just going to go full steam ahead. <laughs> I'm just instead gonna of going to gun Instead of going two miles an hour and getting blown up. Like, great part of the movie. Yeah, sounds like you really love it. <laughs> I just, what is, um, so wait, is, is, that's the whole thing is he says you're supposed to be unsure of yourself. You're I, supposed I, to have confidence going through the gate. And what's more confident than Atreyu did. strolling through on a horse? At your own leisure, that seems pretty confident. That right. seems so confident. He still gets blown up. But they said the guy said he wasn't confident inside. He just was confident on the outside uh, when he got down to like brass taxi. But Atreyu should have so. died though, because he wasn't. Atreyu, he was neither. Was neither. <laughs> Atreyu, yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. Atreyu was brave, and then he got super scared when he saw the guy was melted inside his was like all toasted inside of his armor. So, but yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose when you can take 28 seconds debating whether you're going to run <laughs> and then run and still make it. I get it. I no, I totally get it's what you're saying. It's just a great message the movie sets out to kids. If you're, 
you're not fully confident you're going to die. Speaking of messages for kids, how many 10-year-old boys uh, really enjoyed those phoenix tits or whatever they were? Those, those phoenix oh, yeah. bags. Dude, they're full Happy, on. Happy, why do you think this is such a remembered movie? They're full <laughs> on nipples and they're like on their knees. And even the shots in which those nipples are being presented, I would argue is pretty sexual. It's weird. I'm okay with it. That's Germany cool. for you. Brett, did you think it was weird? Like, I, you mentioned the Falcor stuff. Yeah, this it's stuff pretty was strange. Like, I imagine a lot of VHSs were ruined over that scene. R- rewind, pause. <laughs> pause, rewind, pause, rewind. Well, why doesn't he just go around this gate, or the second gate at least? Why doesn't, why doesn't Falcor just fly <laughs> well, yeah, over? Yeah, why does Falcor only <laughs> stop 200 miles short? Like, what a dick move. It's in dude. the rules, Mikey. Fast and loose. It's in the rules. Actually, uh, you know how they're all hurt and. Uh, Falcor is getting the shot. That's because that's based on the scene that was cut where they battle that spider wasp. So, hmm. without that, it kind of it's like, why is Falcor tired? He's a luck dragon. I don't know. But I think it's kind of funny that Urgle Way, whatever his name is, Angie Way, he's like, I know everything about the Southern Gate, but like he's there. He's like, I need someone to make it past these two. Sphinx is so I can finish my research. Like, he has no idea what's after the second set of Sphinxes. Yeah, and he's been researching for a hundred years already. Apparently, being an expert is watching everybody get zapped (laughs) and sitting (laughs) at the gate and writing it down in a notebook. He also throws a temper tantrum. You're like, that's my telescope. I I want to see. It's my turn. Let me see. I'm the scientist. He's going up. I think he's going to make it. The Sphinx's eyes, are they open or shut? Let me see. They're shut. No, wait. The eyes are open. Well, he obviously has an abusive relationship with his wife or wench or whatever he's calling calling her. He calls her wench. All he does is dog her the whole movie every chance he gets. It's really uncomfortable. And the kid's just laughing. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, you you guys. You two abusive couples. What, what, a, what a dumb wench. <laughs> so then the next, uh, the next challenge is like our obligatory thing where you have to see your true self you know it's like Mortal Kombat and all these other movies where like this didn't seem harder than the first Sphinxes to be honest with me. It but seemed like the easiest part of the whole movie. That was one of Liu Kang's challenges. You have to face yourself. Yep. Oh yeah. Is there an original idea in this face movie at all? enemy. What <laughs> <laughs> is based on everything from Lord of the Rings? Falcor. Falcor. That's just smog and fur. <laughs> <laughs> well I guess his true self is Bastion, because Bastion's the one who's making the story happen. So, wait, wait, wait. Can we pause? So, can we pause there? So, what is the logic of the never-ending story? Whoever reads it, it's going to read a story that's like tailored to them. Is that what's happening? Is Gamork his dad? (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) There's that whole part in the beginning of the movie where his dad's like, "You want to ride horses, but you're afraid of them," and like the main hero of the book is like all about. His horse and stuff. Yeah, like, that's true. And he says you were going to join the swim team, but like chickened out, which is in the sequel. I, maybe I should take this opportunity to say, as a kid, I watched part two a fuck ton, 
and this one less too. so. So like I'm, I'm like way into the second one. Jonathan Not Brandis. in terms of like is that I the one like with it. The evil woman. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I remember that. It's pretty bad, but like it's one of those bad movies that I watched over and over and over again. I've talked about this before. I had this thing as a kid where I thought if uh, if it was a sequel, like the higher the number, the better the movie was. <laughs> oh. And I think the reason I thought that is because I saw Terminator 2 before the first one. And uh, someone said, oh, well, Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1. It is. So watch, I thought that you, rule. You watch your mouth right now. <laughs> I thought that rule was universal. Anyway, tangent. Sorry. Yeah. It works for Fast and Furious tenfold. <laughs> <laughs> Too Fast is better than the original? Oof. Uh, That's what I thought. Uh, Not better than Tokyo Drift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 move along. Um, so he sees his true self, uh, and then Bastion, Bastion like flips out every once in a while. He's like, "That's impossible!" And he, like throws the book, and I don't remember when that was. But also, it's like the middle of the night now. He's yeah, been I was at, gonna make a joke about the, like, "Where's school? the kid's dad?" His dad is so happy. His dad hasn't even noticed. <laughs> His dad is so happy. He's working the night shift at the steel mills, bringing home, bringing home some money to the family house. I love it. More eggs and orange juice for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm stealing this from Honest Trailers, but that, did he notice the humongous block of butter in the middle of that table? It kind of reminded me of Child's Play and Chucky and all that food he's making for his mom. <laughs> How unhealthy How that, that they thing? all eat. Even the butter in the middle of a table. That was... Such a gross thing to do. Must be an '80s thing. I don't remember that. Well, sp- real quick. Speaking of like weird child accents, where is a tray? Is a tray you have an English accent or not? I'm really confused because sometimes he does. I actually thought. I I think he did. actually. I actually thought for a kid who wasn't trying that hard, it wasn't bad for the story. But uh, maybe he slipped in and out. Um, he didn't slip in and out as much as Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's true. I love that movie, though. Um, do you think uh, is that was that your point that he's slipping in and out of it? I mean, Stevie, you said something about that to me earlier. I I noticed it pretty badly. The accent, yeah, yeah. He was pulling a full on uh, Kate Winslet, just in and out, in and out. Especially when he was screaming. And the best part about Noah Hathaway's performance is he was either talking at one or one hundred. Yeah. There was no in between. That's true. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a lot of screaming. A lot of screams. If we're about to die anyway, I'd rather die fighting! Come for me, Gmork! I am a trail! When he's like two feet away from the Empress, he's screaming in her face like the whole time. Pretty much. Pretty hilarious. (laughs) So I'm reading about what happens next, and I'm completely blanking, so I'm going to need someone to help me out here. So uh, apparently Atreyu meets the Southern Oracle. Uh... Yeah, I'll take it over. Yeah, go ahead, because, man, I'm drawing such a blank. It's all right. So Atreyu does finally get to the Southern Oracle, which is, I guess, the same Sphinxes or other two Sphinxes. Oh, yeah, Exact same, different color. Look, they they didn't have a huge budget, or maybe they did. I I didn't look it up. It was the largest budget in German history. (laughs) Any budget outside of the United States and USSR that's had the biggest budget. Okay, so it had a huge budget, but they still used the same Sphinxes. (laughs) I think they were taller. I always remember them being taller, though. Yeah, they're taller. That's bigger where the money nips. went. With, yeah. bigger no- with bigger knockers, I think. <laughs> Bags. 
Bags. All right, go ahead, Corey. Uh, just before crumbling and dying for no reason, yeah, it's weird. The, the Southern Oracle says to Atreyu, the way to cure the childlike empress is to get her a new name that can only be given from a human child beyond the boundaries of Fantasia. Yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, I remember sense. that. <laughs> Stop it, Stevie. Um, <laughs> to be fair, Stevie told me he was going to wreck this movie, so I, I knew coming into it. It's I gonna... have to, especially with Bastion's like narrating versus throwing the book, being like, jeepers! Yeah, that's and true. It, <laughs> yeah. So there's some rough stuff in this in this film. So after that happens, and like uh, Corey said, it crumbles for no reason. Maybe it does that and starts back. Oh, well, I guess the, the nothing's right on their tail. And uh, Falcor and Atreyu try to escape. But um, that's he says right here that the nothing consumes the Southern Oracle, Corey. So I guess that's probably why it crumbles, maybe. Uh, Atreyu is not. I didn't off. see nothing. Ooh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't see nothing. I'm sorry. Go on. Um, Atreyu falls <laughs> off Fal- uh, Falcor's back into the sea of possibilities uh, where he loses something we have not talked about one time, surprisingly, but uh, Orin, the necklace thing that he wears, it's like snakes. Uh, that's yeah, two snakes, like him. the name of the movie. Two so, snakes. <laughs> two snakes would have been such a better film title than The NeverEnding Story. <laughs> Three snakes would have been even better. Oh my god! <laughs> you could add a three snakes, four snakes, five snakes. Been awesome. What role does this play in the end? Because I remember that he loses it and Falcor fishes it out. I remember him getting it, but like, what does it actually do? Well, first of all, that's her her talisman. Like whoever wears that okay. is representing her. Plus, um, it, it's actually protecting him in the uh, Sea of Sorrow or whatever the Swamp of Sorrow. It's what that's why he's not sinking. Okay. Is because he is protected by that, and this horse sinks right away. Artax. Um, in the sequel, when Bastion gets that fucking thing, it gives him like the ultimate power. He can make any wish he wants in Fantasia, which is actually like the second half of the book too. Like yeah. Bastion comes into Fantasia, and he has that, and he can he can do anything he wants, and he basically turns evil in the yeah. book. Yeah, power hungry. Yep. Yeah. Which I'd love to see how that ends. Yeah, how does it end? What happens? I don't know. I'm going to have to read it. I hope Bastion it's dies. Like he, su- he gets like a bunch of followers and he starts like building an army and he tries to take down the childlike empress Holy and crap. there's like a huge a huge battle, like Lord of the Rings and shit. And he like fights Atreyu and like almost kills him. And then at the last minute like decides to like go back to the human world, but he can't until everything in Fantasia is fixed and he doesn't have any more wishes. So I believe what Atreyu and Falcor have to do, they have to spend the rest of their lives fixing everything that he fucked up oh, so that dang. he can go back to the human world. That doesn't wow. sound that good. <laughs> like, <laughs> lots of ins, lots of outs. Uh, so Atreyu falls into the sea of possibilities and he wakes up and I thought this was kind of creepy. Like He's seeing paintings on the wall that kind of happened and then he literally sees a painting of what's going to happen in the future, like five seconds from then, which is uh, Gamork in that little wall. And this I thought was kind of confusing. Gamork is there and he's like uh, stalking Atreyu, but he doesn't know who Atreyu is. He starts talking to him and he's like, I was here. To, I'm going to kill Atreyu. I had him, but I lost him. 
um, and then nothing's creeping in, and Atreyu's like, well, I'm Atreyu, and if I'm going to die, I'm going to die fighting, and uh, Gamorks launches himself at him, and it has like the bloodiest scene in a kid's movie I've ever seen. Uh, there's a lot of blood in that when he stabs the, the werewolf, wolf, wolf, so... Why isn't anybody talking? Uh, somebody help me out. <laughs> They're trying to move it along a little bit, Brad. I didn't know where you wanted me to jump in no. or not. But this is this is like like one of the worst examples of the accent coming out. When it was, I am a trio. Like it's so zero to a hundred American to English a million times. Uh, I don't know. I wish the wolf had more parts to the story. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Like he's I an awesome he character. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, what is his motivation? Why does he try to kill Atreyu? Do we ever know? He just because he is Atreyu's trying to stop the nothing. Yeah, so he's like the ward, not the ward. He's uh, like the nothing's right hand man. Yeah, and the reason he tries to kill him is because he keeps going in and out of that accent. and He's just had enough. <laughs> so that's why he lunges at him that last time. I can't stand the inconsistency. <laughs> so Gamort <laughs> talks about how Fantasia is uh, represents humanity's imagination and is thus without boundaries. Uh, and the nothing is the man- manifestation of the loss of hopes and dreams. So uh, Atreyu and him fight, and he kills uh, Gamort. I know this has a lot of problems, but I think it's really cool that the kid does all of his own stunts. Um, I think that's Whoa. pretty impressive. He learned how to ride a horse. Uh, during that scene right there where he, the wolf attacks him, one of the claws hits him in the face and almost takes his eye out. Plus, it weighed like a ton and it fell on top of him. And like He did all of his stunts falling off the tree. He almost died falling off the horse. He fell off the horse and the horse trampled him. So, uh, maybe, maybe Paul Wolfgang Peterson behind bars. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on on his sets? <laughs> All right. So, like uh, what somebody mentioned earlier, Falcor fishes into the the water and finds Orin. Uh, then he goes and rescues a tray right before the nothing gets him. But at the same time. The nothing does get them, I believe, because they're in the void with everything else. And uh, Mikey, do you want to like kind of lead us to the ivory tower at least? Uh, yeah. Well, we obviously never see the nothing, so it just like destroys uh the planet or whatever Fantasia is supposed to, the land of Fantasia, and uh, Atreyu just ends up like riding on the back of Falcor through time and space <laughs> and like the remains of Fantasia uh, are just like floating all, all around. Um, and no helmets needed. Uh, we're in space, no helmets needed, but we pass like a couple meteors and then he sees like the ivory tower and then they make a pit stop at the ivory tower where they go and see the Empress. I don't know. Pappy, do you want to take the conversation between uh, Treyu and the Emperor? Empress? Brett didn't want me commenting. I almost <laughs> said you, but I was like, no, I've had enough right now. So, Trust me, though, I'm pretty sure Pappy hates this movie more than you, so it's okay. 
First of all, it's, it's one of my favorite things actually in movies when they do the, in the opening credits and introducing, like sometimes it really works out like and introducing Johnny Depp in A Nightmare on Elm Street, but this yeah. is, and introducing Tammy Stronach, I think, who plays a childlike empress. As far as I know, she hasn't had any kind of career after that. So you kind of feel bad when someone gets the and She shows up at cons, though. I've like seen her on lineups and stuff. Like, <laughs> she still do movies and stuff, too. She's still riding this, dude. I mean, I don't know if she's still doing movies. She still did a movie. It looks like she didn't work for most of the 90s or 2000s. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... There's something about this that makes me really uncomfortable. It's hard for me to explain. Maybe it's be- like the John Benet Ramsey outfit she's dressed up in. Maybe it's like the vaginal, like marble working oh, yeah. on the walls. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like this. But she basically reassures Atreyu, right, like that you haven't failed. And this is where the film gets, uh, as Josh, our host who's not here tonight, would put it, very meta. Where it be, it starts to like comment on the fact that there's a whole audience watching Bastion yeah. read this book and stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, Brett. I know that you said that you, you think I didn't like this movie as much. To me, this is like for a second, I thought this movie was amazing, and I thought the whole like nothingness was like what's represented by like if you stop reading. You know what I mean? I thought that was like what that was, and and it does get really interesting. I think for a kids' movie, for a second. Yeah, and again, I don't blame you. Like, uh, like when, when you did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like you said, you had no nostalgia for it. You didn't grow up with it. I totally get it. Uh, it's kind of how it was with Goonies. The first time I watched Goonies was I was in college, and I was like, "Yeah, this movie's okay," but everyone else was like, "Grew up with it." So I, I totally get it. I'm not like judging you for finding faults in this imperfect movie. I just. I just want to know what Stevie had to say about the childlike empress. It sounds like there was a side convo that needs to be brought to the surface. There is no side convo. I could just tell him Brett's voice. He was about to go, Stevie, and then he stopped on the S and just went. I was debating between Pappy and Stevie. I was like, "Eh, I think we heard from Stevie enough right now. And I went to Pappy. So, Oh, yeah, this is... um This is one of the funniest parts of the movie to me (laughs) is... No, I mean, I'm sure in the book this translates well, but to hear like what I thought was going to happen, which should have happened for a kid's movie, is Bastion was going to give the Empress his mother's name so it never died. Like That's what I thought. Yeah. That was going to be amazing. And then he stands up and he goes, Moon Dog! <laughs> and Matthew McConaughey comes on screen and he starts reading like slam poetry. And he, I think at the very end of it, he goes, One day I will swallow up the world. And when I do, I hope all of you perish violently. But uh, no, hearing uh, Bastion scream Moonchild um, made me laugh so hard. I always like, I can't thought d- that it was the mother's name. I always thought, and then the first time I ever watched it, like Moonchild. Moonchild, like I can't describe to you what, like the laugh it brought out of me. But um, yeah, that I'm sure in the book it translates great. There's an explanation for Moonchild. Yeah. It just, Call I didn't out get it. my name. Yeah, so... <laughs> Is Moonchild Jeez. not his mother's name? I swear to I swear to Christ, I watched this twice and I thought both times his mom's name was Moonchild. Like, his mom's name is think, Moonchild. You think Yeah, that he's got a Frank... hippie mom. Thank you, Corey. He's got a hippie mom. That's the whole thing. You think 
that that a uh, businessman is going to marry some woman? Marry Moon Child? Don't think so. They met in the sixties, man. What are you going to do? They had a kid. They stuck it out. <laughs> that man drinks raw eggs for breakfast because he's fighting a hangover every morning. That man has never he's been not... a part of any counterculture. Life, <laughs> yeah. Stevie. You've seen Paddington too. You're about to have a kid. You're about to totally change. You're going from Daddy Cool to Mr. Brown. Do not compare <laughs> Mr. Brown to this crazy psychotic father, Mr. Ever. Brown. <laughs> Mr. Brown. <laughs> Look, I just want to say one thing before he says Moonchild. He's like debating with the book with the childlike empress. She's like, please, Bastion, you got to say my name. Yeah, they're like dying. The whole ivory tower is crumbling. Atreus is like, we're fucked. The world's going to end. And he says, I can't. I have to keep my feet on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is funny, dude. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's so bad. Bastion. Why don't you do what you dream, Bastion? But I can't! I have to keep my feet on the ground! Call my name! Bastion! Please! Save us! Alright! I'll do it! I'll save you! I will do what I dream! Me and other kids would debate, like, what he said, actually. And there was, like, a time in my life when either me or someone I knew insisted that he said Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that's true, Someone should edit that, like, him yelling, but, like, the Mortal Kombat yell. Mortal Kombat! (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's something you guys should do. I can't do that, but let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um... So, yeah, Bastion's taking his sweet time. Um, Atreyu, like, dies, and uh, Moonchild's about to die. And he finally says the name, and everything all of a sudden just goes back to normal. Uh, Is she talking to Bastion at some point? Yeah. He he shows up. Yeah, okay. And uh, she's like, you have the power... To bring anything back, and he brings back... Actually, what's kind of selfish, and it, maybe it's a hint for what happens, like, he can wish anything, and the first thing he wishes is something selfish for himself. Like, he wants to Revenge. ride Falcor. So, he gets I mean, on, who doesn't want to ride Falcor? I can't blame him. Well, I'm terrified of heights, but I probably would, and... But... That I might legitimately be my first wish, if I was given three wishes. Like, legitimately. <laughs> to ride Falcor. <laughs> Yeah, well, I would wish cool. Falcor dead. That, that would be my first wish. <laughs> no. I want Falcor stuffed and placed over my mantle. <laughs> All right, Mikey, to bring it back to the uh, beginning, why don't you tell us what he and Falcor get up to? Uh, yeah, their uh, first line of business is to just terrorize Chicago or wherever they're <laughs> They got to go seek out the three bullies and... Uh, traumatize them for the rest of their lives. He chases them down an alleyway and uh, they chase them into a, a garbage can again. And then they ride off uh, total X-Files <laughs> for everybody on the street right there. They're all going to have to get 
marked because of what they just saw was clearly something extraterrestrial. Yeah. Okay. So, and then he uh, recreates all Fantasia and it brings everything back. Um, you see a Treyu riding on Artax and they wave to each other and Rockbiter and everything's fine. Um, so that's pretty much the end, I believe. Don't yeah, forget so the terrible voiceover at the end that comes out of nowhere. What the? Oh, I miss but, that. But that's another story. Oh, which is Alan Eppenheimer, which is the same voice as Falcor and Rockbiter, uh, coming out of nowhere at the end. But I, that's so bad. It's like so inconsistently applied. I don't think there's any. That, is that narrator voice used at any other point during the film? I don't think so. Like the, I think the only narration is. Bastion reading sometimes, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Pretty bad. I, I would go beyond weird and say it's shitty. But <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, let's get our final thoughts into our one last punch to the gut. yes or no's. So uh, let's go ahead and start. Do the same. Uh, Wait, Stevie, we doing final you... thoughts first. I was, I, I was. Well, if you want, I was going to have you do say it. The score fucking sucks too. There's a terrible <laughs> score. And Wrong. No, it's bad. There's a good song and a terrible score. Wrong. Mm. What 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 moments of the score, Corey, are work for you? Dude, this okay, you know what? You're right. Your letterbox review's probably right. Because I was just about to use the word nostalgia. But Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> This synth like so brought me back. Like it's like um when you hear a song that you used to love. And you forgot about it for so long, and then you hear it, and you're like, "Oh my fucking god, this song!" That's where I was when I heard the score. Yeah, but if you don't have any nostalgia attached to it, I guess I can. I didn't really even notice. I just know the never-ending story song. Uh, anything else, Pat? No, that's all I had. All right, so uh, Stevie, why don't you go ahead and start us out? Oh man. This movie was a trip. Um, the production design was super cool. Uh, and the theme song is pretty awesome. You can kind of bob your head to it. But this movie was a hard watch. Like, I went into it with the best intentions because I haven't watched it since college. And I remember not liking it in college. And I was like, you know what? It's got to be iconic enough to give it a yes. And boy, was I wrong. This is a hard no for me. Um, I will probably never watch this movie again. If my child asks to watch it because she heard about it at school, I will tell her it doesn't exist and that they erased all that movie completely uh, from media. So, yeah, hard no. Uh, and I quote, it'll be good to watch again. Just a heads up. I'm probably going to pile. I just, I t- I just hey, explained hey, hey. it, Brett. I'm probably going to pile on it, but, all caps, it will get a yes from me. Lies. I know, right. Brett. Mikey? When do it with the best intentions? Hard no. <laughs> Hard no, man. Um, I'm not going to be as mean as Stevie, but it is a, a hard no. I didn't like it very much. And I saw all of, the, all of the, the creatures were pretty creepy. I didn't like that snail that that one guy was riding. It I want that bad, a weird. It's a racing snail. Him. Ryan yeah, Reynolds. He could die. I wouldn't care. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but the story is just not good. It's uh, really bad. And 
I say fever dream a lot where you're just like, oh, now I'm in a new place and plot moves along five minutes and now you're in a totally new place. That's this movie. It's just waking up in new places, advancing whatever this plot is. And I didn't like it. So, I don't know. The, ch the child actors, I guess, were fine enough. It's just the story is real dumb. And like Pap said, that narration at the end comes out of nowhere. Was just dumb. I mean, it obviously sets up for a sequel, but I don't. Know. I don't know if you can bank on this movie being good enough at the time to like. And now we're gonna make a sequel with that narration. But I thought it was bad. It's a no, hard no. Pat, this movie does a lot of things actually really, really well, and it's not easy to come up with character design like teeny weeny like uh what's the rock eater guy's name uh rock biter rock biter even like night hob and like, like i said when you're in the palace and you get all of those crazy creatures like the ones who are just like giant like easter island head basically looking things and the people who have like multiple faces on one face and just some like mm -hmm. jim henson looking vultures that's not easy to do and that takes an amazing amount of creativity and a lot of people whose names are in the credits, did their job really, really well. I, I, I think from an adaptation of a novel, though, this is really, really bad. And, and I do kind of feel bad for the person who originally wrote this because it, it completely soured me on on the property. It's, it's definitely a no. And I, I'm trying to be more aware of my biases. I honestly don't know if I can say for certain if this is better or worse than something like Time Bandits, even though, you know, Time Bandits is held as a masterpiece and uh, has a Criterion release and uh, is, is universally lauded by critics. But I would say that this is probably on the weaker side of 80s fantasy in that there's a lot of inconsistencies in the storytelling, a lot of confusion. Um, and and a bias that I have is, frankly, there's a lot of critics, like Brett, you mentioned Screen Junkies, CinemaSins. All those people are, are about the same age, older than me, and they just love this movie, and I just fucking hate it for that reason. I, I'm so annoyed <laughs> with it in the same way that people who are younger than me who love the, the, the prequel sequels or the prequel Ugh. series of Star Wars. It's like the same thing. It's like, this movie is not that good. You just like it because of nostalgia. Grow out of it. It's a toxic impulse. This movie's a hard no for me. Corey? How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia is a toxic impulse. <laughs> Look, don't compare people liking this to people liking the prequels. Okay? It's the same that is thing. It is it's not a perfect fair. circle. The Venn diagram is a perfect circle of weirdos. I'm going to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> this is no labyrinth. It's no willow. But Damn right. <laughs> it is the never-ending story, okay? <laughs> you just say it, the never-ending story, man. Doesn't it give you that feeling of epicness? Mm -hmm. I love this movie. It's awesome. Is it flawed? I guess. I don't know. I, I can't see him, man. It's like, it's just a good ride, you know? It's a cool world. It starts off with a, this kid, and he's, you know, he kind of is a little bit of a wimp, but he has some growth as he grows with... Atreyu and he meets all these colorful creatures. It's just fun to me, man. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think like if I had just seen this for the first time, would I still like it? Maybe not. But here I am. I do like it. It's awesome. It's a yes. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely uh, more. Uh, I'm definitely on Corey's uh, 
side here. Uh, I have filled with a lot of nostalgia. I like loved. I think a lot of kids our age like grew up worshiping a character like Atreyu. Like we thought it was really cool. Um, Falcor. I mean, I one of my friends had a car and he called it the Luck Dragon. I mean, it's like something that we grew up <laughs> we grew up with. So um, sounds like a cool guy to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's my best friend Drew Rock. Was it Josh? Oh, Drew. <laughs> I was yeah, really happy. Uh, it was Josh. Josh's best friend, Drew Rockwell. Both of ours. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, Drew's not going to listen to this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely yes for me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, there's things that my family and I still say. I don't know, if, like we're like such strong hands. I mean, it's just something I grew up with. Uh, I also like the sequel as well. Uh, Jonathan Brandis for life. Rest in peace. Can't believe he's been dead for like almost 17 years now. Um, yeah. You guys might be a little too young for Jonathan Brandis, but he was like the teen heart, one of the biggest teen heartthrobs. Um, and he was in everything when we were kids. So, um, I would, it's a solid yes for me. I really actually enjoyed watching it again. Um, I kind of hoped like for people that hadn't seen like Pappy that he would, since he likes fantasy movies and he likes like the sets and stuff like that, that he might like it. But, you know, you know, I swung, I, I, I swung and missed. It's okay. So it's a yes for me. And, uh, yeah, I guess we can get into my extremely short trivia. Before I you do that question, go, oh, go ahead. Pat. Be- before you do that, it wasn't a swing and a miss because I've literally been seeing this in video stores my entire life, literally my entire life and wanted to watch it, but just never, it was never available or I never did. So I- I'm really glad you picked it actually, Brett. Uh, yeah. One off the watch list. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to talk about. It's again, it's definitely not perfect. So quick question for Kylo and Brett, where do you guys stand on the movie hook? Yeah. I love I know what you stand. I, I love it. Um, I know. No, I think there's a correlation between Hook and the Neverending Story, because I think if you like one, you love the other, and vice it's probably versa. Probably in my top ten or five favorite movies of all time, and it's one Jesus of the movies Christ. I've seen more than I've anything. I've seen that movie so many times. But not probably not as many as Corey, but like it's a movie we loved growing up, and it's funny. You're right, Stevie. I mean, Steven Spielberg has said he'd like to watch Hook again because he just really does not like that movie. But Steven Spielberg has no taste. No, he doesn't write anything anyway. He's a turd. Um, we know. I know your hate for Hook. I totally get it. But you guys are younger. It's deep seated. Um, deep seated hatred. So, okay. So I'm trying to get this order here. I was hoping for a long Brett trivia. Nope. That I, I could have a chance at winning because I don't have to go against you. Not gonna. I'm taking a. I'm taking a week. A time off because nobody appreciates me, uh, my <laughs> trivia, and all the hard, I, the hardest I work. So, well, I'm if, the one that appreciates it. It's yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I, I had to punish everybody else. So, for the audience at home, the trivia order is Mikey. Uh, what did you host last, Mikey? Mikey, uh, Stevie, Kylo, Fifth Elephant, uh, Fifth Stevie yeah. with Source Code, Kylo mm. with its Pat, and myself <laughs> a long time ago with Serenity on the Schneid. Serenity. All right, so this is uh, just your typical closest to. Uh, you can go over if you want. Uh, you have to maybe do a little math. So, 
there is a band, uh, like an American metalcore band named Atreyu. And oh, were, I was going to bring them up. They were named <laughs> after the character. So I would like you to take the number of studio albums they've had and multiply it by the runtime of this movie, and whoever's closest to gets to pick the next movie. I have no idea. <sighs> hmm. By the runtime in minutes, I'm assuming is what you're saying? Yep. So, so what's the what's the equation again? The number of studio albums by the band Atreyu times the runtime of the movie, according to uh, the British Board of Film Classification. <laughs> it's probably the exact same at IMDb. Let me check though. Ooh, it's not. Don't care. My rules. Alright, so you so, want it in minutes? Oh, in minutes? Yes, in minutes. Alright. Well, I knew how long this movie was. I'm not going to give you guys any hints. And then <laughs> I just uh, guess they had like... Well, I guess I'm not going to do any of my math. Because then I'll give you guys a clue. So I'm just going to say 560. <laughs> 560? Okay. Yeah. Right, who's next, uh, Stevie? Uh, let's go with. Fourteen oh eight, Stephen. Uh, let's go, yeah, fourteen oh eight, Stephen King. Corey. Hmm. Fourteen oh seven. Boo. Fourteen oh six. Is that where you're going with, Pappy? All right, one of you guys was close. The other three were way off. No! So, the answer, there were seven studio albums by the band Atreyu. Uh, The total runtime, according to that, was 94 minutes, giving us a total of 6.58. Mikey is the winner. He was nailed it. They had like 20 albums. How How long did you guys think this movie was, or how many albums do you guys think they made? I figured it was They've a Gen X band, so I thought they made like 12 or 13 albums. I was going to say, yeah, 100 yeah. minutes. Uh, yeah, 13, 14 albums. Congratulations, Mikey. Back to back, Thank Mikey. Let's go. Trivia is master. Back Pretty much the main reason I didn't do trivia anymore is Mikey, and he wins my short one. <laughs> <laughs> the plan worked flawlessly. Yep. <laughs> you tricked me. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and uh, kick it to Spoiler Man and give Mikey... I mean, he's not used to winning trivia, so uh, let him think of a movie. So yeah, take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. All right, and we're back. Uh, hey, uh, Mikey, what uh, movie will be spoiling next week? Can you smell what I'm cooking? It's The Rock. <laughs> that right, that's Michael Bay's The Rock. <laughs> oh. Pumped for it. Oh, my gosh. Starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. In all their glory. All right, so real quick before we kick it up, up away for the night, the, a movie was brought up that it's so bad, but it's Jack and Jill. And I want to ask a Stevie question for everybody. What 
dirt does Adam Sandler have on Al Pacino? <laughs> None. Huh? You just think he loved the script? No, Al Pacino... Uh, Didn't he get he, paid? Or is he like a he, parodying himself? No, he, um, he likes doing movies with bad scripts because he thinks it brings out the better actor in him, so he kind of <laughs> fights against the script. He compared it to kind of like uh, playing playing a uh, guitar that's out of tune. Plus, he probably looks like a way better actor in comparison Plus, to people Plus, Dunkachino is amazing. <laughs> I've, yeah, never, sure I've never seen anybody. it. I've never seen it. I just know it's considered like one of the worst. So, all right. Well, uh, I hope you guys were more on the 30-something-year-old's uh nostalgic journey back to uh, magical land as opposed to the other kids but kids uh, but uh, I'm glad you were here with us and uh, we will see you next week this was spoilers I guess Joshua posted office space. Sorry, Kyla. Wait, what? Were you going to say something? Oh, uh, I was going to say you're not supposed to say that till the end. Who? Just take it away. We do sometimes. We don't have a set thing that we do. Uh, Mikey, let me know. I'm just loading up my Google, so just let me know when you're ready. Yeah, hold on. We've done so many movies now, it's hard to know what we have and haven't done. We haven't done Jaws Revenge. <laughs> and we never will. I think we I can think, redo a movie if you're trying to pick Time Bandits. I think Brittany and I actually just bought a Fast and the Furious 7 because we knew it was coming up at some point. That's an investment in your future, Brett. You're going yep. to love that DVD for years to come. Yep. Got the digital copy too, so I might be able to share it with everybody. I think. Ooh, Maybe not. Mikey, wow. I know it's your pick, but I figure throwing out a suggestion wouldn't hurt, right? Go for it. Jack and Jill? Oh my gosh, no. what's wrong with you? <laughs> Good suggestion. With the Dunkachino? Dunkachino. Hey, Stevie, it's with just... the Dunkachino? I'm going to ask a Stevie question when we come back about that. So, uh, Mikey, you need some more time? Have we done. The Rock? No, I freaking Michael love Bay's The Rock. The Rock. I love Perfect. The Rock so much. No, we have not All done right. that. It's one of my favorite right. propaganda films. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm ready. Bastion. Why don't you do what you dream?